Hi, this is Brendan Tolleson, CEO and co-founder of Rev Partners. What up? This is Matt Bolian, head of growth and co-founder of Rev Partners. And you're, and you're listening, listening to, to Sassholes. Welcome to Sassholes, a show dedicated to issues within the software as a service industry. We are revenue ops with a edge. Whoa. Jamie, Jason, KG. Yeah, best I've ever heard. Jamie, Jason, KG, and myself, Pete, have a combined 100 years of making interesting decisions. Please subscribe to our weekly newsletter. Today, our guests are Brendan Tolson and Matt Bullion. Brendan has served in revenue leadership positions at several high-growth VC-backed technology companies. Most notably, he joined the executive team at Tracentis and experienced revenue growth from $3 million in ARR to $100 million in ARR. That experience helped him see the role RevOps can play for scaling companies and inspired him to build a managed service model to democratize RevOps for all. I like that. Matt yeah. is a West Point grad. Thank you for your service, my friend. Former military intelligence officer, former head of RevOps for two plus companies. He now helps scaling companies grow sales, marketing, and CS teams through RevOps as a service. Recovering Salesforce fanatic, now a HubSpot fanboy. They change the world one HubSpot enterprise instance at a time. But before we get to Brendan and Matt, hey, we got a sponsor for the show, NeuroNoodle. Hey, parents and athletes, get a doodle their noodle, which is a brain map before the season starts. So they have a baseline to compare it to. You get a physical every year, right? Get a brain checkup before the season starts. Schedule an appointment now at NeuroNoodle.com. KG. <laughs> yes, Pete. Hey, man, when you were a kid, you remember what was the hardest part of learning how to ride a bike? No. The pavement. <laughs> Leave us some comments on our blog at sassholes.net. KG, you got any shout outs? I do. I just have a few here. Congratulations to my friend, Kristen Hamilton. She's a badass for starting a, uh, as an additional position at uh, as board of directors at uh, Striver. Uh, congratulations to Brendan Maycomer, friend uh, formerly of ZipRecruiter. Shared uh, she actually he actually just got promoted to senior sales director of staffing and RPO at Pando Logic. You got a few? All right, I got uh, I got a couple here. Max Jansen, senior manager at Cision, made President's Club trip. Way to go, Max! Who's that? Come from who? Who be that? It's my kid. Oh, congratulations. You like that? You like that? Yeah. yeah. President's, I mean, that's at private equity, too. I, mean, I think it's a top quarter percentile It makes that trip. Yeah, right. Way to go, Max. <laughs> Not bad. Get, now, now it's time to be a director. Congratulate Laura Lynn. I'm going to congratulate Laura Lynn for one year at <laughs> Salesforce. <laughs> And, Man, and Kevin, I guess they're never they're never going to be a sponsor on our show. But don't even want them, but they but Spotify might take us. Oh, really? Well, we'll be right after Joe Rogan. Right. Hey, Kevin LeBlanc, you got promoted to loss control manager at Oddfire Incorporated. Way to go, Kevin! KG, how do you know Brendan? And then how did Brendan get mad? What's the story? Yeah. Why do, why, so, why do we care? Yeah. So this. Yeah. Why do we care? Uh, I was working with, I am working with a customer, a client of mine, and it's sort of this typical startup story where they've had some salespeople, they have some success and, but they have no like help. And the sales manager is doing all the administrative, you know, like configuring Salesforce or, or pipe drive or whatever, you know, CRM tool. And 
somebody else in their spare time, you know, is, is, you know, handling a mail shake and all this kind of stuff. And I ask for reports and dashboards to help this client and they can't produce them to save their, save their lives. And the sales manager is like putting together Excel spreadsheets and they're just awful. And, uh, and I thought to myself, <clears throat> they need RevOps. <laughs> they need RevOps because this sales manager is good, but he can't do everything. And the CEO can't do everything. And I, and I thought to myself, but they're not ready to like hire a full bore RevOps team, you know, just, uh, just yet. And I wondered, Hey, is there a, is there a, Things such as you know outsourced RevOps, and I posted it on LinkedIn. And my buddy Jeff Ignacio, who will be on the show uh, in yeah. a couple of months, um, he said, "You got to talk to these guys. You got to talk to Brendan at Rev Partners. It's exactly what they do." And I had no idea that there was there was you know such a such a thing. And so Brendan and I struck up a relationship and a conversation. And you know, uh, Brendan and and Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about your careers? Well, guys, thanks for having us on the show. We're, yeah. we're excited to do this together. And I think it actually makes the story more powerful. Um, as you heard in the kind of uh, introduction, my background is primarily on the revenue side of the equation. And so Kevin, as you were describing um, kind of the use case, I was that kind of revenue leader that was assigned with both trying to figure out how do I build my team? How do I drive revenue? And also having some of the burden of the operational side. And that's a really hard scenario for both teams to yeah. manage. Um, but yeah, my, my background, as I said, I've been in the tech sector most of my career. I've uh, been fortunate to see how to build and scale revenue teams and build out global channel operations. Um, and so that's a lot of my background is how do you build and grow in, in, in a sustainable and scalable fashion? And I'll hand it to Matt on his background. Brent and I uh, met at a wedding. And it was a love at first sight. Not our wedding, ooh, but a, ooh, a mutual friend's wedding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we won't go down that story. Uh, so I, yeah, I was in the military for six and a half years, did military intelligence. I was a military intelligence officer. So a lot of data synthesization, collection, dissemination. So when I got out, um, I ended up working for a uh, a large telecom company that where we had lots of acquisitions and I ended up all, I was working for a chief of staff for the president of the company. Uh, and we did, we had Salesforce and I was doing their lead to cash tech integration portion. So I got learned Salesforce and was getting people and learning how to like create adoption of a CRM. Mm. And then I moved to another company and that president became CEO, asked me to come with them. And so I was leading RevOps for them. That was a Microsoft dynamic shop. So I got really good at dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, so I met, Brent at a wedding and he was talking about all his RevOps stuff. I'm like, why don't you just hire a RevOps person? And I realized it's really stinking hard to find someone that can do it. And it's really stinking. And then it's really difficult to have enough money to be able to pay for it. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what led to the idea. I'm like, hey, why don't we start something that solves this specific need, which is helping companies um, get RevOps at an earlier stage of their scale journey. So, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. This is a bit of a sidetrack here, but a fun fact about that wedding is Matt was a wedding crasher at that wedding. Um, Come on. So, I wasn't inviting. That's okay. Was not invited. <laughs> so, it, you know, it's circumstance that we actually got to meet each other because we probably weren't supposed to meet each other, but it all worked out well. <laughs> like, there are like very few books on sales operations and rev ops, you know, generally speaking, and nobody goes to school for it either. Now they have like sales courses and degrees you can get, but rev ops doesn't even exist. And, and everyone has their own definition. So you got I... I, my, I, as a non-traditional person, RevOps, like a military, I never did sales ops, 
before I took it. And I was then just doing acquisition. So here's, here's what I'll say. This is my purview on this. At almost every definition of Ravathasane is complete gobbledygook. That means nothing. It's like theory in the <laughs> sky, cloud. It's like, we will, we will decrease sales friction and increase velocity. We will merge customer data into one place that allows us to like, what does that even mean? And then we pretend like we haven't actually been doing sales op like uh, RevOps for forever. Like companies have always been doing revenue operations. It's just done differently. So if you're talking about my theory, and so I, I like to think about this as a money ball is before money, like before this idea of using Sabernomics to identify who's going to win, they were still had scouts. They were just doing it in their head. Um, so like the change is like the way it's done and the technology has changed, which has led to an increase, like this competitive differentiation is how good is your data, which allows you to move fast. So RevOps to me is just like, we, we've changed the fundamentals of the game we're playing. We used to be playing rugby and now we're playing football and the games are different and the motions are different and how you substitute people is different and how you score touchdowns is different. Uh, and so when I think about RevOps, I just think about it as the actual game and then who's doing it well. I don't define, like, this is the issue. People define RevOps as like the endpoint. like, oh, RevOps is when there's no friction. I'm like, you don't define football by saying, what's football? A touchdown? Like, no, no, that's not football. Football, and, and so my point is, is uh, when we start getting into RevOps, um, the definition is just like, the definition is it's how companies work. And so how do people do it well? What are the best practices that come with that? Um, it's, it, it's such a depth topic. It's so difficult to understand. And it's very technical that it's just not very many people know how to do it well. Thus, it's a black box. And so our entire idea is let's turn this from a black box into best practices that we can achieve over and over again because we've seen them happen. Mm -hmm. Can we make it even simpler? When did RevOps become a thing? When, when did it turn into ah. a catchphrase? I, I, there, there is no like, what's the, what's the, five years ago, someone said, yeah. Someone said, well, somebody was looking for a promotion. Somebody, yeah, somebody <laughs> was like, I don't like the name, the title that I have. Um, and it's, and I'm business operations, but everybody has business operations and I touch sales, marketing, and customer service, and I help <laughs> do it. So I'm going to be called revenue operations because I help people make money. And now my job is no longer a cost. And I am now part of making money. That's where RevOps came from. I, I, and too bad Jamie's not here because RevOps came from these finance people that want to take on no risk and say they're in sales <laughs> well, like, okay. like, like re revenue up like they want to see talking, the table i was talking to uh one of, like uh, one of the uh uh used to be the chief of staff at DocuSign, and he was like i was like we do rev ops and he's like oh so you do deal desk i'm like no i mean i can i mean that's part of it but like that's just a small part we're not just fin ops like revenue options is so broad knowing our best practice is so big. That's why it's difficult to define. That's why it's difficult to understand. Um, okay. So I'll just like, so you have to like, it is, that's why it managed service works because it's so, it touches so many parts. There's so many best practices. It's, it's impossible to find somebody in the wild that has touched everything. Uh, I think to piggyback on what Matt's saying, I mean, let's kind of start with the data and, and what the data suggests is that when you pair a CRO with a RevOps department, you grow at 2.7x faster than those that don't have that pairing together. So the question isn't if you should do it, it's how you should do it. Um, 
And so mm -hmm. what we're seeing is like, so that is your competitive advantage as Matt alluded to earlier, is com that combination of the, the art and the science and figuring out how to manage that well. Um, the challenge that we see in the market, and it gets back to what you were saying, Kevin, earlier in this conversation, is that at that early stage, when you're talking about a company that's feeding into that inflection point of scale, um, let's call it like 2 million to 30 million ARR, when they have product market fit, they have sales and marketing, uh, it's too cost prohibitive and too technical to find one resource to manage RevOps. Um, and so you're trying to find this unicorn that can do both strategy <clears throat> and execution. And, and so what we say is like, fundamentally, the skill set required is just too extensive. Uh, you need a developer, you need something that can think through system design, you need an administrator, you need a PM. And so what we're saying is you get plug and play operators where we give you all these different resources, a team type of concept uh, that can come alongside you and help drive this. We're, we're essentially an accelerator uh, for the go-to-market initiatives and what we're selling is experience. Uh, and so that's how we go to market and that's why we think <clears throat> is a better alternative than the risk of trying to find this unicorn in the wild mm -hmm. that can actually do it for you. Well, and, the, and look, the probabilities of making any hire well is somewhere in the tune of 30 to 50%. And these RevOps hires are getting more and more expensive these days. And just like you said, now you're hiring one person. You know, Scott Lease said, uh, we had Scott Lease uh, on the show last year. And he said, you know, the very, if I was to you know, make a very first hire at a startup, you know, I'm head of, head of sales and now I got to build a team from scratch to start generating revenue. The very first hire that I would make would be a RevOps hire. And that's exactly what he did at, uh, at Qual uh, Qualia, but he actually knew who to hire. And that was J.M. Wilkie. And she's like, I worked with her before. She's awesome. She is that unicorn, period, end of story. Not everybody has the J.M. Wilkie in their back pocket. And, and, they, and you know what I struggle with? <clears throat> How do you justify a sales ops or a rev ops hire? Like if I want to, you know, when I hire a salesperson, Pete and I hire salespeople, okay, we pay them a hundred grand a year or whatever. And we know we're going to get 500,000 bucks of revenue out of that, out of that person. When I make a rev ops hire, how the F do I attribute any sort of return on that investment? It is, you know, and I struggled with it for a, a really, really, really long, you know, long time there. Um, most people just tell me to shut the hell up and make the rev ops higher anyway. <laughs> but, but like it, you're, it's hard, but it's also hard to justify. It's hard to justify. I've heard rev ops being referred to as just like, they're just like consultants. They borrow your watch to tell you the time and they actually don't really get dirty and get shit done. You heard all this stuff before? Yeah, I mean, that's why when we, we get in engaged with our partners, um, you know, when that question comes up, and a lot of times what we tell them is, you're either hitting your numbers or not, and if you're not hitting your numbers, then get rid of us. Like, our job is to help you execute, and if we're not executing and you're not actually hitting the targets that are set forth, then get rid of us. Then we are a cost center, and it's not a value add to the business. Guys, where, do, where did Salesforce lose its way? I mean, Benioff came from Oracle. <laughs> And he said, you know, Oracle is too slow, too big. I'm going to make my own company. Where, where did uh, Salesforce lose its way, guys? You just gave Matt a layup. So I'm going to let Matt uh, take the floor for the next well, five minutes. This was not a topic that was covered, but I, I, this, is, this is one I like talking about. Um, Salesforce did, has not lost its way. Salesforce is the most customizable, the most secure platform, period. And if you're building something extremely complicated and you like it, all roads lead to Salesforce. It's also most expensive. And if I was to say like what, where it like gets really difficult is to have Salesforce, you must have a wizard. 
to implement and to make sure it's working long-term. And if you do not have that wizard, you, you are in the very large Salesforce elephant graveyard because adoption's not occurring. Data, data, data is what powers any system. And if you have everything in one system, you can move wicked fast. That's what HubSpot has done is where they got it right is they didn't, they, they did no purchases. They have not, they like to call it, we crafted, not cobbled like Salesforce, but we have <laughs> is, is they, they went, they have, uh, they're the marketing automation platform. They're the number one. You can call Pardot, you can go Marketo, but it is HubSpot, Marketo, Pardot, period. Yeah. They uh, are now moving up market. And what's cool, what's like extremely powerful is when your marketing team is sending marketing emails and has all the data that your sales team has. And that usually takes an entire person to manage just the data sync between two databases. And if we talk about that RevOps manifesto, it's like, I didn't pick HubSpot. HubSpot picked me is I hate databases. I only want to manage one database. I'm a RevOps person. I only want to do one database. Um, and Salesforce has multiple. You have outreach. You have sales loft. You have Gainsight. You have, name it, it is lots of databases in one place. HubSpot replaces everything in one. Hmm. That's, HubSpot chose me. But guys, why do you need RevOps to uh, scale a team? I mean, if you're a small business, I mean, you you are the uh, CFO, CRO, everything. What size company uh, makes sense to uh, use you guys and then Salesforce? What's the magic uh, number you think? I think they're, the la- I'm going to start with your last question and work backwards. Um, yeah. And so where Salesforce has done an incredible job with their marketing uh, and Salesforce is a, is a great tool, as Matt mentioned, uh, but there's a misconception that they're the only tool that can really support companies that are growing uh, and meaning that HubSpot, for example, is not a scalable tool, which I think is fundamentally flawed. It just depends on the use case. Um, where we've seen the most success for our specific service um, is in a high growth mode. And the way that I categorize high growth uh, is going to be probably in that 2 million in ARR to about 30 to 50 million ARR. Uh, the reason for the kind of left and right limit of that is you have product market fit uh, and you haven't invested in revenue operations yet. And so you're looking for a operator that can come in and accelerate these initiatives that you already have in place. Uh, and so that's where we see the most traction. It doesn't mean we don't support companies that are earlier or later, but I would say that's kind of the sweet spot of, of who we serve. Uh, in terms of who needs it, I mean, at the end of the day, everyone wants actual data that they can they can use uh, to understand where they are relative to where they're supposed to be. Uh, And so having that operational arm uh, is nothing more than just giving you the insights you need to run your business well. Uh, And so I'd argue that if you're looking to grow more than like 15 to 20% year over year, um, and you're not growing from referrals and just word of mouth that you've always done, and you're looking to transform your business, um, you need to have that layer of data visibility to, to actually enable that to happen. So that's more what I think about in terms of who needs it. If you're looking to dramatically grow, you need to have this visibility insights to, to do it. If a small business guy picks up your uh, RevOps manifesto, how's that going to help them? So this, the manifesto is a response to gobbledygook of here's how you run or here's how you structure rep, rep partner. So if you look at tenant number one, it's just really clear is the, the, a process Thus, a CRM doesn't exist unless you have adoption. So just like fun, like it's helping people like adoption is the only thing that matters. And if that's the only mm-hmm. thing that matters, that like sense. 
everything mm-hmm. else. And mm-hmm. that's really simple things. Cause I get this question all the time. It was just saying, this is like a response to this question is Matt, how do I do RevOps? How do I do RevOps? I'm like, well, first off, you're already doing it. The real question is how do I do RevOps? Well, and if mm. you're not doing everything on this manifesto, then do it. So the next one is, do you, <laughs> I know this sounds simple, but do you run a weekly never canceled sales meeting in a CRM, not an Excel? Mm. Period. Hmm. Yes or all these are yes or no. Yes or no. No, hmm. start. Do you manage your for sales team? Meaning, like, if you don't have this opportunity or a close date correct, if you do you manage your sales team from a dashboard in HubSpot? I mean, no, sorry, forgive me, in a CRM. Mm-hmm. Yes or no. So it's, they're mm-hmm. different week, weekly, and then you manage it. It's a yes or no questions. Next is, mm-hmm. um, as always, you are attempting, like, n- like, when you make decisions, you say, do I have more than one database? And if you say yes to that question, your intent and where you're going should be decreasing databases. So the next one is I shall decrease at all points the number of databases I use. Um, I shall eliminate every Excel and Google sheet that I use. <laughs> I shall, um, that, that it's intent is like, it's just like, it's just like, it's a way to think. And if like, you just take this and you just apply this, you do some actions and you do the, uh, and you do some of these yes, no uh, actions, you will be doing RevOps better. All the tenants are, all the manifesto is are best practices and a very succinct method so that you can move faster and decrease friction. Yeah. And I think to add to that, Kevin, it kind of, I don't want to tie to something you said earlier. Um, Look, our, our mission is to democratize revenue operations. And so the way in which we do that is these manifestos and how do we make these things consumable? If you think about the bell curve, uh, on the right side of the bell curve, the top performers, that's historically kind of that B2B SaaS that, that know what it is, understand the pain and have invested in it. There's a whole 80% under that bell curve that could experience that benefit. They just don't know how. And so how do we create a way in which we democratize that for kind of that 80% under the, the bell curve? And then the, the thing that I want to tie back to something you said, Kevin, is you were talking about like, why you would hire RevOps as a service as opposed to a full-time employee. And the, you talked about increasing the probabilities. That's something you even talked about on, on, my, on our podcast in terms of the staffing. But the same concept applies to RevOps. Like we're mm-hmm. trying to increase your pop- probability of hitting the revenue target. And if you do these behave, like if you do this adoption, it drives the right behaviors, which increase your probability of ultimately hitting the targets that you have set forth as a company. This one company that I used to be at, it was like this nine tab Google sheets that was like linking MQLs to accepted opportunities. And like, it's just the whole business ran on this thing. And I'm like, why aren't we doing a forecast meeting right out of freaking Salesforce, which we, we did at Salesforce, or sorry, at ZipRecruiter. Uh, we, we ran, we ran the forecast meeting right out of Salesforce. And it was like, Oh shoot. Uh, salesperson didn't update the close date on that one hey that's on you man you got to go back to coach that that's your that's your fault you look like an idiot that that weekly uh meeting is that the same thing as a cadence meeting that that's that's a a, a new one that I, that i've heard in in the software business you all get together and you play liars poker to see where everybody is in the <laughs> in the process what's going to close cadence uh, has become a nice buzzword for sure but uh, Matt, you feel free to jump on that in terms of what. Well, I think cadence. Like. I think like multi-touch, multi-channel cadences that are done for specific prospecting and outbound. Yeah, this is really simple, and we have a we have a. I actually have a whole other document and what I consider a weekly, like what is a good weekly meeting. 
And at the end, <laughs> I like to keep things real simple. And my question is, how do you know if you're in a good weekly sales call meeting is, can you answer this question? Will I meet my quarterly target or insert whatever your thing is? And it's yes or no. And if you, if it's a no, then fix your sales meeting. Do you have any thoughts about companies? So let's see, we're in February now and you have the reps banging the phones or banging the emails and they still don't have their quota. And then May comes around and June comes around and they still don't have their quota. Or you got the company that has the quota and then they adjusted it. How, <laughs> how, how does your service help that company out when they you got you got two curveballs were just thrown at at the reps, those two sins? So, so number one, not meeting quota um, is the way we think, way we help is we would first say, we answer, not meaning quiet quota is a lagging indicator. And so we're creating leading indicators. And so we're looking, okay, is that close rate? Is that specific reps that aren't meeting quota? Are there certain close rates between stages? Is this not having the information or sales material that's needed? Is there a specific stage that's getting stuck in? Are, is there something that's working? Is there a specific cadence and whatever system you're using for your engagement platform that's working better than others. So we're thinking about that at the beginning. And so we wouldn't get to May. If, if we're at May, we're not hitting quota and you have us, we're fired uh, because we didn't do our job. And then a quota changing um, is a RevOps team is, is that's done by the board uh, usually when a quota changes. Um, and so what we would then partner with sales reps and be like, okay, guys, quota changed. What is the most effective use of your time to leverage and what, how are we going to execute this? And so we're thinking, we're like, we're taking all the stuff we just did and we're finding like, here, here's the best way to leverage all your time. Here's the cadences to use. Here's the, mm-hmm. here's the messaging to use. Here's the material to use. Here's the person that you need to talk to. Here's the person's calls that we need to call and then make sure everybody hears it. That's what RevOps team's doing. Uh, that's why we reduce friction in a sales process. Yeah, I mean, we're, I mean, we're weaponizing data. And so we, whenever we walk yeah. into an engagement, we're looking at, I mean, there's kind of five different levers that we're looking at that kind of inform where we focus. Um, and so there's your top of, I mean, this gets to your question. So you have the top of funnel activity. So how many leads are coming in the door? Uh, that's one. Uh, what is your MQL to SQL conversion rate? So the leads that marketing is sourcing or an SDR, how many of those are being approved by the sales rep? Uh, mm-hmm. Then you have your SQL to close one. So the deals that they accept, how many are they closing? Because that will show you if there's leakage in the funnel. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you're looking at the sales cycle uh, in terms of how many days does it take to close a deal? Because that's going to inform why, you, you know, are you hitting your quota? Do you have enough time to actually make it up? And what's the average deal size? Uh, and so when we look at those in terms of the benchmarks, it gives us a macro view and also informs us where you're behind or ahead. And then we can get in even more in terms of what you're asking from a rep level perspective, you know, where are you in relation to the other reps on the organization? And are, mm-hmm. are you a top performer? Or are you low performer? And like, let's create dashboards that reflect that. So we drive the right behaviors. Mm-hmm. You know, I, <clears throat> at one of my former companies, there was a bias against building out a formalized sales ops or rev ops, uh, you know, team. And so I went on a quest and I, uh, and my boss said, if you find somebody that you think is good, then you introduce them to me and we'll interview them from, you know, from there. And so I went on this quest and I talked to RevOps leaders, high and low, internationally, US-based, big companies, small companies, publicly traded. And I took 
copious notes about what they do and what they're responsible for. And the answers were so varied. It was all over the place. It was, uh, we do this and we include training, but they didn't call it training. They called it enablement. We have deal desk. We don't have deal desk. Deal desk sits in finance. Or, you know, so it was just the answers were all over the, the place except for one. Insights. Insights was, was the word that, that, was, that permeated all of these conversations. And that's what I learned that RevOps, uh, that's how RevOps can help me most by providing me with insights on how to do things better. Jane is great at converting MQLs to SQLs. What does Jane do? What does Jane say? Let's then you know, put that, you're saying weaponizing data. I say that's the same thing as, uh, as insights, uh, but not nearly as, uh, as sexy. But. Yeah, we had um, Channing Ferrer, who used to be the uh, SVP of sales ops at HubSpot. He's now a CRO at a different company. And he talks about RevOps as hindsight, insight, foresight. Hmm. Uh, and so what hi- RevOps allows you to do is understand where you've been and why, where you are in the quarter, to your point about insights, and then foresight to know where we're going. What are the biggest problems you guys uh, fix when uh, people call you up, send you an email? Hey, I got to come in. I need you guys to come in, need some help. What is the help you guys are given? I'm going to answer this question, Pete, in two. two. So um, I think revenue operations or someone's revenue engine is a product in and of itself. And if you remember the tenant one, which is adoption is the greatest good above all else. There's this like immediate, like a really good RevOps person is immediately fixing questions because you can create adoption. Salesperson's like, how do I do X, Y, Z? This is broken. It's not fixing. And so you have mm-hmm. to like be super quick to drive. So sales, so sales reps are really difficult to make you like them, but once they do, they're your best friends and you got to make BFS with all sales reps. Hmm. that's just like a point and i feel like a lot of robots teams miss that they get too process oriented but you must hmm. you must make people love you you must win the hearts and minds big problems the strategic that's like super tactical big problems big picture is what's uh sales capacity planning for the next quarter based on our new go-to-market strategy with new products that are coming out we are launching a new product how are we going to go to market are we using an inbound outbound channel strategy who is going to be what the quotas should be how are they mm-hmm. Those are the big problems we start to answer at the bigger uh, strategic mm-hmm. level. And so you need someone who can do the product, mm-hmm. like the DevOps, all the way up to the top. And that's why this is a point. That's why it's so difficult to find the person. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of my clients, you know, it's air call. Air call isn't logging my calls into pipe drive, you know, that type of thing. And I'm, and I'm saying we need data. I can't help you if I don't have the data to observe what your sales funnel looks like. And until we do that, I, you know, I can't do anything else, you know, for you. Well, air calls, not logging calls properly. And you, so I feel you in that it's, you know, RevOps has got to get in there and fix those things first. Uh, but then also have the ability to have that, you know, strategic uh, mindset to answer the bigger questions at the executive level. Right. Yeah, the, the, the beauty and the curse is that essentially everything's in scope because RevOps touches sales, marketing, customer success, even in, in the finance. Uh, and so to, to accommodate that, the way we think about how we deliver it is we deliver, like if you're familiar with agile methodology, we do sprints and we, we say, hey, what is most important to the business because your business is dynamic and the needs are constantly changing. Uh, and so we partner with them to say, hey, in this two week sprint, here are the things that we are going to focus on in light of what the, the needs of the business are. And that way we can pivot uh, and move up or down, left or right, depending on what the business needs at that given time. What is the, you know, what is the like ideal tech stack that 
every go-to-market sales team should have. And again, you know, Matt, you're going to say, got to have a HubSpot period, end of story. No, I'm kidding. But, but like what, what, so let's start CRM. Got to have a CRM. Great. Is that it? What other, what other technology and tools need to be around a sales team? Otherwise you're not even at a baseline. I mean, my thought on that is it's going to be informed by your go-to-market motion. Um, and so if you are an outbound-led organization, the tools that you need to be successful in an outbound motion look very different than if you are an inbound motion or a PLG motion, like product-led growth, mm-hmm. or you are a channel organization. So depending on how you are sourcing leads, it's likely going to dictate how what kind of system you need to set up to support that motion. Because tools are enablers and accelerators are not the solution. And so mm-hmm. understanding what you're trying to accomplish informs what you invest in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll let Matt get into specifics here, but that that's my, at a high level, how we think about it. And then yeah. the answer is yes. So Kevin, if I did a PL, if I just quickly did PLG, for instance, you're going to need, uh, you will need a CRM. You will need a database. I'm not using brand names. You're going to need a reverse ETL that's then pushing those from your product events into your CRM. You need, and, and so like that, that is the, that those are like what you, what changes for a PLG. So it really, it's just the database and the reverse ETL system are the two, the two like things you have to change inbound outbound um, uh, are almost are exactly the same in my opinion. Um, and then the channel will have, you, you need a partner, you need like a partnership management that you a PRM that you're putting on top of it. So like if I was going through, through these, so yeah, your CRM, you need a, I, I like to call it a cadence tool. Uh, as we mentioned, which is your sales enablement, call and that's, and that's like a that's like a sales for sorry sales loft or an outreach. You told me I couldn't use brands. Well, I'm yes. yeah, such yes. ads, such yes. ads. Yeah, it's okay, fine. yeah, yeah okay. okay. A CRM such as Salesforce or HubSpot, a cadence tool such as sales loft, outreach, close.io, call intelligence such as Chorus or Gong, e-signature yeah. such as DocuSign or Panda, lead yeah. routing or scheduling such as a Calendly and a chili and a um, a chili pepper, or enablement such as like a high spot, like which is actually your materials. Um, and so when I'm thinking like those are happening every single time, and then it's a little bit different. You need a PRM if you're doing channel. You need the now the beauty of HubSpot is you take all the CRM, the cadence tool, call intelligence, lead routing, e-signature, and, and enablement are in one platform. No kidding. No kidding. I heard you know when they were doing this long ago, Matt, there was criticism that they were oh, trying and the marketing to automation platform. I forgot it. One platform. Okay, there you go. One one platform. But th- there was criticism long ago when they were trying to do this that there's no way that they could actually be like put it all together and be best of breed in all of those particular. You know, there was Yesware. You know, this is the time when Yesware was around. You know, and it was like, well, how can they be as good as Yesware? You know, when you know, they're doing all this kind of, they're trying to put it all together. Um, but they've done so it. It seems. I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this question: Is are they the best on every single thing? No, I'm at like, period. Is it the best for your revenue operations? Yes. Those are two different questions. Um, so a lot, a lot of times they're like, oh, this is, this is, and you're giving me on a rant. So just for a second is, is every single time I go into it, we pretend it's like technology consultants that we're not, that we're like, no one's agnostic. So we come in and we say these things like, let me map your process. We map a process and the process is always like, there's like, yes, no, if thens, then this, else this. And 
what when we do that we will always pick a specialized piece of uh, platform and create another database that will make it an infinitely every time it's it's a multiplier it multiplies how complex ever like it is for you to go to market you need to be you need to apply like so this is why i'm such this is why i tur- i'm, I'm a, i've turned from a, to a fanboy is is there, there's little things missing but it's like it is it is good enough. <laughs> like if you're doing meeting links, like I, 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 we can go into specifics. So well, I'm just, that's my, that's my point um, is the answer is no, it is not as good as everything, but it is so much easier to administer and you can move so much faster and your, your sales reps can scale faster and hit ramp faster. If you don't have good data going in, none of this means anything, right? So uh, I want to throw out an old term. I don't know if it's old or it's new gamification. Uh you talk about tech stack. Do you have anything in there that can be a carrot versus a stick to the reps uh, for getting in all the information correctly? Or do you want to give the carrot to the leadership by having their reps putting the information? Do you have any thoughts on what it takes to get adoption? And is there any brand out there that can reward reps and leaders for putting in the correct data besides saying, if you don't do it, you're fired. If so, if, a, if someone's not putting data into a system, it's the leader's fault. Amen. Period. So it means, it means you have an Excel document and you, and you are not incentivizing, like you're just not driving. If, if you have a dashboard, this is why it's the like number. If you have a dashboard that you look at and you go, your data is not here. What did you do? And, and you just ask that question three times, everybody will put in the data they're supposed to. Yeah. So screw, screw gamification. Yeah. So well, 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 like you don't need it in that sense if you're driving. However, there are yeah. systems that we use like Bonusly, uh, which is my favorite by far. Hmm. Uh, it's not another database. And you can incentivize behaviors that you like. And you say, hey, if you do this thing, you get this thing. And it's really simple, really easy to administer. Yeah, so if, you want to motivate, if you want to motivate behavior then, do you, are you a proponent of paying leadership an exponential in an exponential way on how close they come to their projections, meaning they take on yes. a higher quota yeah, and yeah, then I, they come close to it. They get a higher compensation. This is just a, a bigger, if, if I'm in any organization and, and, and like having uh, in the, I love this about, this is, there are a lot of things I didn't like about the military, but I love about the military. It was very clear about what your end state was. And you had one, like there was one piece of data, like either you hit it or you don't. So if this whole, like what you measure, what you look at is what people will do. So if you don't know your goals and you don't know your strategies and you don't, and you have a quota that gets changed and you don't, and you have a forecast that gets changed, that's what creates poor data hygiene for sales reps. Um, Yeah, I think, uh, Another way I would look at it is what's rewarded is repeated. And so, you know, we can give the actual intelligence to the leadership, but you can't, at the end of the day, there's not an easy button where you, you can't outsource leadership. Like that's not, our role is not to drive those behaviors. Uh, we will set the system up to enable them uh, and to teach, but like the leadership has to be the ones to drive those. Uh, and I, you know, when I was leading teams, I like to do the gamification on more leading indicators and lagging. Like, Lagging, like you hitting your quota, that's what you're hired to do. 
like I expect you to hit your quota uh, and you get compensated for hitting your quota. So why would I give you more gamification uh. for hitting your quota? I might look at things like what is your, the things you can control, which is your activity. How many leads are you creating? How much pipeline are you developing? Cause that will determine if you're going to hit your number. So how do we drive those leading indicator uh, activity measures? And there's plenty of ways to do that. Uh, but that's what I focus on versus the outcomes that, that have already, there's nothing you can do at that point. And that's what you're hired to do. We, we had Mike Gordon from Sandler sales on early uh, last year uh, or mid last year. And he said, you can't manage outputs. You can only manage behaviors and inputs period. Right. Like the, the, the nice bumper sticker. I mean, it, it's yeah. true. And it's, and it's true. No, no doubt. Here's a, here's a pro tip. When I was first starting the sales team at ZipRecruiter, uh, I, I didn't want to spend a whole bunch of time, you know, smacking people over the head to like put their opportunities in properly. And so what I did was I had a daily dashboard that went out through Salesforce and guess who was CC'd on it? The CEO. And I, and I told him and I said, I need you to make sure that you reply to that every single night and point somebody out that did something right. Did something. Oh, hey, good yes. job, Jane. Yes. Good job, you know, Corey for doing great. You know, good job, Mark. And uh, and I tell you what, that dashboard was clean as a whistle. Clean as a whistle. Because everyone was like, you know, oh, I didn't put my opportunity in correctly. Now you look like an idiot in front of the CEO. That, the CEO that, says, that, what do I need you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a that's a gaming fire, right? Like you can get caught potential. I love it. That's like the, that's that's that is the example that I hear. The, I love that. That's- hey, Brendan, Matt, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you guys or connect with you? Yeah, I'd say there are two ways. Uh, one would be more. So we're very active on LinkedIn. So follow Rev Partners if you don't today. Uh, Matt posts a lot. Uh, I post probably a little bit less than he does. Um, the second way would be reach out to us directly. So our emails, uh, we'll give them to you now and you can always put it in whatever uh, distribution channel you have. But yeah. my name, mine's B Tolleson, B-T-O-L-L-E-S-O-N at revpartners.io. And Matt is mbolian at revpartners.io. So those would be the two ways. We also have a podcast too. Kevin's actually on it. Uh, his, his will go up soon, but that's not another way to engage is just to learn more about some of these topics that we, we discuss quite frequently. Was Kevin better on your show than he was on ours? That was great. I actually learned a lot on Kevin's. It was a, a very informative session around how to recruit and retain top sales talent. So I, I, I hope all the listeners from this show take a listen to what Kevin's got to share on that topic. When's that show, when's that show coming out? What's the date? It should be out um, end of April is what I would anticipate for that episode. It's going to be a two-parter potentially, right? Potentially, yeah. We, we went long because you had, you had too much good stuff. Sounds about right. All right. Thanks for listening to the Sassholes. On behalf of Jamie, KG, and myself, Pete, we thank you for listening. And we ask that you give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter. All the contact information will be in the podcast notes. And hey, if you're feeling guilty but for sucking in all this knowledge, you can always support us on Patreon slash Sassholes. Cue the music. <laughs>